Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. You're listening to the Jersey Cool. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. We are in week four. We hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas. And while we are winding down with the end of our Christmas spectacular, we have two guests here that are going to keep Christmas steamrolling all year long. Well, I wish it could be Christmas every day. Oh, my God. These two be- make me look like a Grinch, Jaggy. 365 <laughs> days, my friend. So familiar voice in, in fan favorite, uh, Matt Kelly joining us, Aww, but not favorite. from horror movie night, not from my favorite podcast of or one hit thunder from the new Christmas 365. Matt and Dylan are here to help us uh what are we we're gonna uh, i was gonna say ring the death knell on on christmas but that's not appropriate that's because no, we're keeping yeah. christmas morbid <laughs> apparently put christmas out of its misery to you guys. <laughs> just, just gently place the pillow over christmas yeah that's actually what we're here to do tonight with you guys are you guys are you guys trying to home alone christmas right now is that uh, sorry topical <laughs> you if you're trying to you better watch out man oh <laughs> um i no i gotta tell you first of all i called dibs on being on to talk about latino christmas because we do we do christmas like nobody else up so in, that's, up in our piece. i'm glad that you brought that up because that is like a blind spot so far that dylan and i are recognizing and are going to try to work towards especially because like obviously our numbers are doing really well because it's you know december but like god knows what happens in january so yeah one oh, of the big things you bring you bring in the cuban ringer i get it yeah. that's fair no, 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 <laughs> not that but what i was gonna say is like as we like find ourselves in march and april and are like how badly are people going to give a shit about christmas in march or april i think that that's actually a really cool time to start really diving into like different cultures and the ways that they celebrate we do have someone lined up um we still haven't finalized the recording date for them yet but they live in norway and they're going to tell us all about how christmas is celebrated in norway uh apparently it involves watching a really poorly dubbed version of um cinderella every christmas eve that's like the only thing broadcasted on any channel in norway which is insane so we're also holding off until she can find a copy of that for us to watch is that is that how krampus punishes them i'm confused (laughs) (laughs) that's cool you can you can put us in a corner for april i'm sure we'll still be around yeah yeah don't worry don't worry white people we'll be i'll just wait around well that's the thing we definitely need to bring in some diversity because i feel like at least once an episode matt and i get on some conversation and we both have to like hesitate and go now remember this is coming from two straight white males (laughs) (laughs) we often (laughs) you know what here's the thing the flip side of that and it's it's something that comes up on horror movie night a whole bunch too but uh, you know what? There's also a shit ton of other podcasts that are hosted by a bunch of white straight males that don't ever, yeah. ever try to acknowledge that their view is uh, slightly biased and That's out very of true. So, so you know what? A acknowledgement that we are not the uh, authorities on things is uh, the first step in 
you know, giving other people a chance to be in the spotlight. I think so, we should also make that an actual segment. Like, okay, here's our acknowledgement that we are too. <laughs> well, <laughs> my, favorite, <laughs> my favorite segment that I jokingly said we would do in every episode. And so far we have done in every episode is, did you cry? Did you cry? Yeah. <laughs> did you cry? <laughs> if it comes to Christmas, I feel like my answer would always be yes. Like that's, I am such a sap. That's what I mean. It, even like the dumbest, worst specials will get me. At yeah. least once or twice. I mean, I, I think we need to insert it tonight. Did you cry? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I cried when you told me what I had to watch. Oh, yeah. I feel so bad. I like both of these movies. I feel really bad. I like one of them. I like I one think. of them. And it's probably not the one that everyone thinks you would like. Because yeah. I mean, the one that, that, we, that Matt and I have already talked about disliking is actually like liked by a lot of people. A lot yeah. of yeah, I know it's kind of a yeah, it's yeah. kind of a hot take. Like I, I was surprised that you guys all, but look, we'll definitely get into it because I was shocked with the general consensus on one of these movies well, from you guys. I, I mean, I'll say this up front, and I was thinking about this, and and I don't know if it's just because of 2020 or if this has been like slowly building for years for me, but like I'm just like we get to be shitty and dark and nihilist for like 11 months of the year like let me just have like jolly movies for this month so like i'm kind of over like the christmas horror film at this point and i said something in like our our like big you know podcasting family chat group that we have but like you know i feel like in like the early 2000s there was maybe at most like 10 christmas horror movies in existence and they were like classics that we had known from like the 70s and 80s and then just like in the last 10 15 years there's like 14 new christmas horror movies every year and i never feel like any of them have that much more to say that hasn't already been said in like I mean, at least we've gotten away from killer Santa Claus movies for the most part. Like, there's still, but it's like, that was like the only thing the 80s had for a while was it was just like a series of different people's tellings of a dude dressed as Santa Claus killing people. But like, I don't know. I just, I, I'm like the opposite of a Grinch when it comes to Christmas at this point where it's like, I'll, I'll dip my toe into like, you know, like I like Gremlins. I like Black Christmas. I enjoy some of the Silent Night, Deadly Night movies, but like, at this point, the only Christmas horror movies I want are ones that are just so out outrageous that like you're not taking them seriously at all. And I think that was my problem with both of these movies is that like I was kind of invested in the characters and thus I want it it to not go as dark and awful as things end up going. And then I'm like, well, now I'm like my Christmas spirit has just been like stomped out like a cigarette at a concert. Well, like, that's my I thing. If, if you're going to go dark, like I want over the top as well. Um, case in point, I know this movie is absolutely hated by a lot of people. And I want to be specific that I'm talking about the 2006 version, not the most recent remake yes. of Black Christmas, but yes. Black Xmas. That movie is it's super dark. Bonkers. But at the same time, it's so absolutely insane yeah. that I can't hate but love it. And that movie is so colorful. I don't know. I just love how over the top it is, even though it's dark, where I, I saw see, glimpses of that in one of the films we watched tonight. Yeah. But in I the one so, that yeah. that we're that that I just feel is is I don't know, ends on such a bleak note. And I don't want to give too much away already, but I don't know. I just I can't enjoy it. I watched it when it first came out and I felt the same way when I watched it again. You know, I said like with Black Xmas, I normally don't lean into something so mean spirited. 
but there's a difference between like there's mean-spirited horror movies and then there's like mean-spirited horror movies where you decapitate someone by throwing an ice skate at them where it's like okay well this is just so outrageous that like these aren't even human beings like these are just like cartoon care it's like watching a looney tunes character get blown yeah. up at that point so it's like if you're gonna go dark at least be fun with it and that's like um by the time this comes out we'll already have released it but uh horror movie night we did for one of our re-rentals we did elves um which is if you've ever seen elves is a horrible movie it's super bad it's poorly made but like at a certain point where a drunken grizzly adams is asking a scientist to explain to him the connection between elves and nazi scientists and he's like <laughs> giving this big breakdown about how the nazis truly believe that the elves were the perfect race and that that's what they were striving for it's just so absurd that you're just like okay i can just enjoy this movie because they didn't take it seriously when they were writing it so like i can just sit back and have fun even though it's kind of bleak and incesty and like kind of gross but like they they're not taking it seriously so i don't have to take it seriously either and i can just like enjoy the ride versus i feel like both of these movies at certain points i just was like oh no like i couldn't i was thinking about the reality of the movie and it was like making yeah. me sad uh tonight we are talking about better watch out and a christmas horror story yeah and if it's okay you guys want to start chronologically with a christmas horror story yeah, it's fine. Yeah, that works for me. Okay, would, you guys, then we can have our hate, yeah. our hate. Uh, exactly. I think we'll I have it, more we'll to say about yeah. better watch out. Yeah, because this, I dislike it. <laughs> I, I got a question because this was my first time ever watching a Christmas horror story. Um, is it anyone else's first time watching well, it? Or I haven't okay, seen so either Jack... of these movies. Yeah, so this was a first okay. time for both of these for me. Okay. Yeah, no, I had seen it before. I actually was drawn to it because of Steve Hoban, who was the director of Ginger Snaps, because I did kind of love uh, Ginger Snaps. I like that it takes place in the same town, which uh, I thought Bailey Downs was a wink and a nod to George Bailey, but it's the town from Ginger Snaps. I <laughs> but, had um, no idea. Ginger Snaps is actually hands down my favorite werewolf movie of all time. It's a good ass yeah. movie, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and he- I almost, son of a bitch. I literally posted about this on Instagram and was like, yeah, like I'm not gonna ever watch this again. But like now that I know it's the guy who did Ginger Snaps, like now I'm act because Ginger Snaps is so fucking good. Yeah, that I'm sure. like, all right, oh, let me dive in and give it another. I didn't hate this movie, but it definitely wasn't like, you know, like there's certain movies that you watch and you're like, oh, this is going on the every year list. And like this is like maybe like every four or five years I'll revisit a Christmas horror story for me. Um, I'm with you, and I have to say, Matt, just to circle back real quick, there are a couple of modern like in the past 15 years or so horror movies around christmas that have become so essential for me um the two that jumped into my head were i fucking love anna and the apocalypse i watch it with my daughters now every 100%. year like yeah. for, sure. for sure amazing uplifting in all the right ways like i i just adore it and i will not even lie i sit around and sing the songs from it all, yeah. all like during no, christmas yeah. time I, I think everybody except for the grinch that i do a podcast with loves that movie <laughs> but... uh, i can relate <laughs> <laughs> i like it i just said you, i don't like i you said i don't love like, it no it's because i'm not much for pop music yeah, and the and music in the musical. beginning yeah. of the movie is a little too pop music for me but like the music in the later half of the movie like one of my i mean one of my favorite ones is the duet between the principal and anna like when yeah. they're doing their little bat like that's that's yeah. so awesome see um, i yeah. my my thing is that i love the opening song 
I love it because I'm like, this fits right at home on like the Be More Chill or the Dear Evan Hansen soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And like, that makes me so 100%, happy. 100%, yep. yep. Like, <laughs> yep. I, and I love every, it's funny because I actually feel the same, the opposite way. I love all the beginning songs so much more than I love the second half songs. Like Hollywood ending. But we like, are, listen, we we are also too big. We're, we're too poppy people as much mm -hmm. as we pretend, well, one of us might pretend though. I I own it. I'm pretty sure you own it too. Yeah, I don't know. But like Jackie is very, very open about the fact that music hasn't existed since 1998 <laughs> in her household. So like, <laughs> like No, I'm right there with you both. Um again, I agree that I actually love the beginning songs more than the ending songs, but I do. I love the whole soundtrack. That soundtrack is definitely a part of my Christmas season Me too. even though all the songs might not have anything to do with Christmas, but I, yeah, I, I love Anna the Apocalypse, but it's also a movie that I forget exists half the time. And then it gets brought back up and I'm like, oh, that movie does exist. I need yeah. to watch that. <laughs> That's one of the ones where like, I put the songs on my musicals playlist on Spotify. Like one of them will pop on when I'm like going for a walk, because of course I walk to a show tunes playlist. Yep. And I do the same I'm thing. Like, Don't worry. <laughs> and I'm like, absolutely. I got to watch Anna and the Apocalypse soon. Yeah. <laughs> like, Yo, but when like Guns and Ships from Hamilton comes on, I'll get to like a fast Dude, walk. Y'all don't know. I've, so so there was there was a day uh, on on the the set of my favorite episode of where Kathleen and I between recordings because a lot of the time we'll do like two back to backs. Um, we just kept trying to see who could get the r first verse of Satisfied perfectly. <laughs> like, First of all, I take that challenge right now and I'd beat you, but that's neither here nor there. No, I'm just kidding. My, my daughters and I have uh, rap competitions with Hamilton all the time. Um, the only thing they still regularly beat me with is Lafayette's rap and Guns and Chips. Anyway, I digress. Jackie's, I'm sorry. I mean, I still, I need to update my like show tunes listening because I'm still walking around listening to the Spring Awakening and Rent soundtracks. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm like, yeah. I walk to musicals too. Like I'm sitting there trucking it to like the Titanic soundtrack which sometimes <laughs> you really go real slow yeah like i'm still on like ragtime titanic uh and you get your gun like so, i'm i'm like I mean, 25 15 years removed <laughs> all right so we've completely digressed from christmas yes. and yeah. the horror movies yeah. <laughs> but what so up, yeah, we'll bring it back bring it back to a christmas horror story right. um okay. this is the first time i've ever seen it so when this movie opens up and i get william shatner i am delighted and then yeah. even more delighted because I realized that William Shatner reminds me of Marissa's father-in-law, who I adore to the ends of the earth. I'm a big, big fan I of Papa to... Pona. So I was like, ooh. <laughs> Papa Pona is the best for he is definitely, best. hands down. Um, he's also an, an, an occasional voice talent for us. So we're very lucky to have him. Um, he's very talented. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with you. And I love, I gotta say, not only do I love William Shatner, I love like playing drunk, probably really drunk, bonkers William Shatner. Like I, oh, the crazier William Shatner's being the happy it's like the Nick Cage phenomenon like the weirder they get mm -hmm. the more I'm here for it um and I I pretty convinced he was drunk the entire time that was method acting at its finest yeah oh I mean it's definitely one of those performances where you watch it and you're like okay so he was on set for a day maybe mm -hmm. even half a day <laughs> like they just kind of brought him in set up about three cameras and just said here's your script just say the lines and we'll We'll use it throughout the movie. <laughs> like, I'm gonna thing, this... skip straight to the end. But did anybody stick around for the post-credit scene with Shatner? 
No. no. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's cute. Yes. Oh, somebody's got to fill me in here. No, it's like a cute little, like just a couple minutes, but at the end, like he basically breaks the fourth wall and wishes you a Merry Christmas. Yeah. It's adorable. Aww. I mean, and it's it's worth going back for yeah. for a few minutes. Um, so this movie dropped in 2015, and William Shatner being in it was like one of the main selling points of it. And so I may have first seen this movie watching on an iPad, not so legal means. Um, after finding out about it, and I'm like, I really want to watch this, but I really don't want to pay to watch this. <laughs> um, so. so and I enjoyed it and and going into it being like, oh, William Shatner's in this. I also love Trick or Treat. And that movie has Ozzy and Gene Simmons in it. Yeah. No, it doesn't. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So that's what I expected. And I was pleasantly surprised with his performance. And honestly, the the production value of the movie as a whole. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a good movie. I I think that it is a very, um, I mean, there's maybe what, like three Christmas horror anthologies. Um, I don't, I definitely don't like this as much as all the creatures were stirring. Now I also have like a slight bias because I'm friends with one of the directors. Yeah, same, I have a bias there. (laughs) But but I do enjoy, like, I was like, I do think that this movie, I, I think the difference again is that all the creatures are stirring bounces all over the place between like really dark nihilistic stories and like, really goofy absurd stories so like there's like a little bit of everything whereas like each one of these stories all has a pretty <laughs> pretty dark ass ending pretty uh nihilistic but, yeah and it yeah. sucks because the my favorite one is the one that actually with the reveal it's like the most upsetting because i love the santa claus segment yeah but then the reveal mm-hmm. i'm just like i feel kind of sick to my stomach about it oh so. i fucking loved it yeah i thought I it was did. so all right so i gotta say first of all what an amazing representation of elves gone bad dude because when they yeah. were being like your mother sucks cocks in, in the north pole i was like ah! like it was so amusing every time when they were running their little potty mounts um and i loved that mrs claus was like super hot i was like yeah girl um but i also like i loved that whole thing i love the way they set up the 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 world of Santa, man. Like I was like blown away. And then that reveal, Matt Kelly, you're right. That is, that is some soul crushing shit right there, but it was so, I loved it. I don't oh, know. I, mean, it, it, I felt like it was a mixture of, wow, that is a, that is a ballsy choice that they made to end this movie on. But I was also disappointed as well. Cause I did enjoy the world that they created so much. And the final battle between Krampus and Santa Claus. And I'm like, that the the cover of the movie was based upon. And I'm like, you know what? This is what I want during Christmas. This is what I want in my Christmas horror story. Fuck it. Let's watch Santa and Krampus just fuck each other up for 15 minutes. See, but here's- That didn't happen. Here's what I want it. Here's what I- because you're you're putting that in my brain and I'm realizing that the movie that I wanted this to be was the night that the reindeer died from the beginning of Scrooged where it's like yeah. Lee Majors <laughs> busting in and like like don't give me the zombie story literally give me Krampus is trying to take like I just watched Santa Claus 3 Escape Clause which is like not a great movie but take that whole plot line of Jack Frost wanting to be the new Santa and just apply it with Krampus wanting to be the new Santa Claus and this like battle of like literally just like a war for the workshop. Yeah. Which is and right, then, which is what it's built to to be, yeah. you know. 
Um, yo, when they call her a snow whore, though, <laughs> like, like literally, I just want to hang out with these zombie elves all day. Like, I just want to hang out and be potty mouths and kill people. I mean, they did go full deadite, like, yeah. for yeah. sure. But I think that that's also like the biggest hindrance of the movie is like pretty much anytime it jumps to any of the other stories, I'm like, can we get back to the Santa? Like, I like the Santa is so strong that I feel like the other two stories just kind of feel like it's dragging it down where I'd rather really? just watch the Santa feature for me. You know, See, I, I'm going to disagree with that one. I really, I enjoyed all of them. And actually I'm very happy because I asked something of this movie midway through and then it answered me because as I've said before, one of my favorite tropes in a horror movie is where, you know, the, the camera is focusing on the action that's happening, but somewhere up in the background, some random spooky thing that if you're not paying attention, you might miss is happening. And I felt like this was a movie that was primed for that. I'm like, there are so many scenarios in the in the one where the kids are trapped in the school um, and with, with the little kid that's like all bonkers. I'm like, this movie is primed for that and they're missing this golden opportunity. And then I was very happily rewarded, especially in the one with the little kid. The because there was one, the yeah. scene when like, yeah. you see his reflection in the snowy window and it's like that creepy like non- thing going on there's a scene where it's like you see the dad and the kids just like crawling up the wall and then he looks at the camera and the eyes start to glow so i have to say that i am i am here for this movie this is a movie that i had never seen i am so glad i watched it because i will happily put this in the rotation once a year like this one to me is like a fun bananas crazy like throw it on at a party and and watch people make some weird faces of like what the fuck are you watching i agree and i i i dis i kind of have to disagree with matt where he's like i like the balance i like the way they did it rather than like a normal anthology where you get each episodic uh, no i agree movie. with that i i, I prefer th that any like i like the trick-or-treat yeah exactly the trick-or-treat yeah. route is basically where they went i thought there was a good balance where yeah there were t i i mean i prefer the santa claus segment over the rest of them it's because to me like i'm watching a christmas horror movie i want as much santa as possible or at least yeah. revolving around that um wasn't a huge fan of the kids in the basement honestly it was the creepiest it definitely was the like the creepiest it, it kind but of I was effective yeah yeah but, but it right, wasn't yeah it could you could have pulled that out of a christmas movie and and given me any like yeah this, yeah i like i don't care a, about it that's a big factor like it, it could have been in any other anthology movie and it it felt i mean this is insane to say because the the one segment literally ends with you finding out that Santa Claus murdered an entire <laughs> mall of children. But it, the the kids in the basement one felt the most like going to shock you, like going to try to put bad taste in your mouth. And yeah. like, I don't know. I think that, I don't know. Maybe I'm turning into like an old man, but I'm just getting. I mean, to yeah, you know, you're not wrong. One of the kids gets crucified, and the other one has to carry the baby of a ghost. Like, yeah, I mean, like, you're not. <laughs> but, but it's, but it's. I guess I mean like. Like, I, I think that, like, college Matt would have been like, fuck, yeah, this is going so extreme. But, like, yeah. at this point, I'm just like, grow up. I mean, I'm <laughs> with you. Yeah, I'm like, with you. I mean, there was there was a time, I guess, like, putting this out there, this is problematic. But there was a time when I was, like, in high school and college where I'd be like, let's all get drunk and watch some gross shit. Like, I got, I downloaded Serbian film. Like, yeah. let's watch so, this. Yeah, yeah. No, where, no like, I've talked about I'm this like, before. I used to that. <laughs> I used my favorite pastime as a non-drinker was to go to parties and when people were just drunk enough to not be paying attention to me 
me, I would sneak over to the DVD player and put on Pink Flamingos and just like watch the mood change. And like, that was like, I thought that that was the most fun. I look forward to every Friday night when I would go to a different party and pull it. And like, once I pulled it once- And that didn't get you all the girls? That's weird. No, no. Shockingly, shockingly that, shockingly having my hair down to past my shoulders, shockingly not shaving, shockingly wearing tie-dye shirts or Hawaiian shirts every day, shockingly wearing a cabbie hat that like a 70-year-old man would wear every day. None of it worked, and I don't understand why. These are all conversation starters that I just- (laughs) I was known as like weird horror guy. Okay. I would bring trauma movies everywhere. Oh I was my like, God, okay. dude. I was like, y'all see yeah. Tromeo and Juliet yet? Yeah. You're, you're about to. <laughs> I respect it though, because that is definitely the most gateway trauma movie. <laughs> I feel like that's the tamest of the yeah. Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Sergeant Kabuki Man is like almost a PG-13 movie at this point. Yeah, but, but I don't want to watch it. That's true. <laughs> of, the ones, of the ones you want to watch, it's the most tame. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's not far off because I feel like the same for me. It was like Tromeo and Juliet and Waiting for Guffman. You know, yeah. like those were the things that I'm bringing to the table. In Tromeo and Ju- this is like the fun fact for me is Tromeo and Juliet was the first movie I got on Netflix. Like when you like signed up for it and you had to set your like list of DVDs that you oh, want. Oh, remember to that? My best. first two were Tromeo and Juliet and Pink Flamingos. Because when I was a kid going to video stores and renting weird fucked up movies, my video store didn't have either one of those titles, but I knew that they were like infamously fucked up. So when someone's like, yeah, Netflix has everything. I'm like, we'll see about that. Let's see if they have the two (laughs) titles that I've been searching for for a decade. And I was like, ooh, they do. I will sign up for two discs at a time. Thank you very much. I just realized you could actually probably tell a lot about a person by which trauma movie they would bring out. I mean, yours sounds like it would be Tromeo and Juliet. Mine is definitely, mine is definitely terror firmer. I'm definitely bringing terror firmer to the party. We're going for it. Terror firmer is my favorite probably my favorite one but i feel like Hands you down. have to have seen so many other movies yeah. to appreciate terra firmer that you can't start people with terra firmer yeah because they won't for multiple it. reasons for no, multiple you, reasons yeah you, you set up you set up terror what you do is you set up a trauma week and you're like every week every day this week i'm going to show you a different trauma movie and then the reward is on saturday you get to watch terra and then i think on sunday you need just something laid back that you can just like you wash your palette. mind with yeah, you yeah. gotta cleanse the palette yeah. that is like oh, yeah. he needs to, yeah now we're gonna watch it's a wonderful life like and just- sound of music <laughs> or something right <laughs> that week sounds awesome it also sounds like it's gonna suck <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna feel you're gonna feel a lot of things during that week um so <laughs> mostly that you have to take a shower um yeah. <laughs> so i don't know so i agree with you that i think the story in the basement is is a little tonally off but I, I liked the kind of tie around to like the trope of the ghost story of the Virgin Mary, because again, culturally, like I liked the way they, they made it very much of like the, they turned the heartwarming story of Jeebus into a horror story. And I thought they did a really good job of like all of these tropes of like the ghost to impregnate. Like it's, it's a very common cultural folklore that I thought it was kind of cool to see that's where it went. I never in a million years thought that that's where they were going to go with that. And that's one yeah. of the, my biggest, like, my biggest yays for this movie is that in every story, I was like, huh, I'm not really sure. I knew that that's where they were heading with that. So yeah. I give them mm-hmm. credit for that. I got to say my big gripe with the changeling, because you, you mentioned that you like that one, Jackie, right? Yes. 
Okay, first of all, there's nothing wrong with eating your spaghettis like that. That's how I eat my spaghetti. So I don't know why that was so. <laughs> I funny. literally had spaghetti for dinner tonight, and I was finishing it up. Same. And I'm like, oh I had my god, too. what is happening? I know. Yes. I eat my my spaghettis just like that little guy. Um, <laughs> there was a layer of Freudian shit there that the psychologist in me had a lot of fun with. But here was my big problem with, and why the movie almost lost me entirely. I was like, yay, a finally a, a, a people of color starring in a horror movie. They're not just killed at the beginning. They're not like, this is exciting. They have their own space in this. The, the, the father is like a deadbeat who's trying to get back in the good graces. He, he beats the kid in, one, in the one scene. To be fair, yeah. I, I might have beat him too. I mean, I'm not judging. But, yeah, but essentially, no, no. The kid looked, like, looked at him and he was wait, like. he wasn't a deadbeat. He's suffering PTSD from yeah. everything that happened in the, in the school. Yeah. They even talked about it. No, yeah. I know, but to the doctor. I know, I know, but he like wasn't there for them. It, it's obviously he had a strange relationship with the wife and the kid, which kind of, you know, it's hard. Oh, to see, I chalk that bit. up to the PTSD. Like it's because of everything that happened, and they oh, even yeah. said like you said you were going to go to the doctor and blah blah blah. I don't think he was a deadbeat dad. I think well, he's, he's. I think the last thing we need is an absent black father. Yeah, I I kind of agree with what Marissa saying in the sense that it's very like two steps forward, one step back yeah. in a lot of ways. Right, because like. There were points where it's like he kind of came off like um, David Allen Greer in his segment in Tales from the Hood, where it's just like, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. he's yeah. he's not the good guy in this, and like, right. and I think that that's that's also part of the reason why I could enjoy this more than the other one, but it's also like kind of detrimental to it as well. Is that like there's really no heroes in this? Like, there's no one I'm like truly rooting for in any of these stories um like they're not like bad, but like even like the Krampus when they make Norman, it a- Norman had me till the very end but I oh guess I God. gave up on him <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but yeah like like the Krampus one specifically like they really make it a point to stress that they, they are just awful terrible people and like I don't know it, it's a lot of tell not show towards the end of that when they're revealing like oh yeah and the son's a oh. psychopath that kills animals it's like well there was no fucking implication yeah. of that anywhere in this fucking short until that sentence. So like, well, I, oh God, I start to get, I start to get distracted by watching like creature features and such like that now because I start to an- overanalyze it. So the changeling kills the father. So she goes, she takes the changeling back to the forest and like puts him back and gets the son back. But in my mind, the, the only thing I'm thinking is how do you explain to the police this dead yeah. body in, in i was thinking about that room. exact like, same thing yeah, there was that murder you committed so yeah. <laughs> wait real talk too she killed the dude who was like wrangling the changelings shit's like who's gonna control yeah. the changelings now that was my big beef with that scene i was the like only, what the hell are we not explaining and that's here? and i mean as much as i'm like rallying against like oh every ending has to be fucking dark like i guess that one is probably the least dark ending but that's like the one that's most primed to be a dark ending where it's like well now that you've killed this guy you and your son have to be the wranglers of the changelings for the rest of your life and they 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 definitely teased that because the way the camera pulls out and literally sits on her crying for like 10 seconds and i'm like oh my like okay she's done there's that kid's not coming out of there and then it pans back to her and the kid comes out so and I, yeah i and i have to say i was i was almost disappointed when the kid came out because i love changeling folklore it's so dark because these little like mutant humans basically take infants and can cons- like take over their bodies and are raised as the children and usually the the baby the real soul is like fed to the devil or given to like 
fairies or elves or something and i was so hoping for some fucked up tree elves i was like come on dude <laughs> um but like i i i loved that they went into changeling lore i just felt like like a couple of the other skits it like never really got to where i was hoping it would go yeah. you know like just exposition wise so the one segment that i feel like we're all glossing over we haven't spoken about is the actual krampus segment with the family um i don't dislike this segment I hate the way Krampus is done. And I don't yeah. just mean the makeup, but I hate the whole, like, he takes over somebody's body. Like, no, dude, that is not Krampus. Yeah, he's a werewolf, apparently. Yeah. 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 Say, I made I made note of his sexy six pack. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. So I, wanna, I want to make special note right now that I'm talking about the actual segment with Krampus and the family, not when Krampus comes crashing through the door and you see like comes entering, entering like Triple H at WrestleMania. I mean, and they like <laughs> pan up and water. down his body and <laughs> you're like, it's about to go down. <laughs> like, right Is it terrible that when I saw that belly, I was like, damn bro, I should be Krampus. Like I was like, <laughs> Like that belly hasn't looked like that in a minute. <laughs> I I also again I feel like I'm turning into a Grinch about like not my traditional not my Christmas. Did you say Grinch? <laughs> yeah, I turn into a, a little bit of a Grinch. Uh, but like I don't know. I feel like in the last like two or three years, I'm like I get it, Krampus. Yay! Like I'm just like like I just think that it went from like no one talked about Krampus. This fucking movie came out. Now everybody's on the Krampus train, and it's just kind of like I don't know. I'm just. I'm starting to get over it a little bit. I will say my first experience with Krampus was going to Disney World in like 2005 and then Epcot, they do the different like holidays around the world where they come out and tell you about the different. Yeah. That was my first experience with Krampus. So I've been a Krampus fan since. I love that Matt says he's over Krampus, big deal Krampus. And I did send him a video of a Krampus box I got tonight. So now I know yeah. how he actually feels. Yeah. That he just sat there, probably watched the video of me unboxing this thing. It was like, oh, big deal, Krampus, get over it. <laughs> Lyles. I just, <laughs> I just, you know, it's like, it, it's I not hope that you I get do, taken. I probably will. I probably, but it's like, I, I hope just, he comes for you. You've like, obviously like, lost all your spirit. Matt I've Kelly. lost all my spirit in like, in the sense of like, look, I love mean girls as much as the next person, but I'm also like really fucking over mean girls day. Like, like there's yeah. just like this thing where like we as a culture and I mean, just America as a whole, but specifically geeky people in America, just take a thing and just fucking drive yeah. it into the ground to the point that it's like unrecognizable for what I loved it for in the first place. And, and I'm also, already seeing it happen to Krampus. And I don't, I don't think you dislike Krampus. I think you dislike the Krampus nerdy culture. American idea of Krampus because yes. we've yet to see Krampus done correctly krampus is not the antithesis of santa claus yeah. like that's not what krampus he's a, is he's his homie yeah yeah like i mean it's it's not even like it, it's it's like three weeks apart yeah. Yeah. you're lucky it already happened matt kelly because otherwise yeah. you'd be shit i'd be I... scared but 2021 who knows it could be a rough night for me <laughs> but don't get me wrong i love the michael doherty me Krampus too. Movie. I do too. But I don't view it as a Krampus movie. No, honestly. yeah, it's But not I love that creature because I, I love like gigantic creatures. So I'm like, yeah. that thing's badass looking. 
I'm I'm a big Krampus fan. I I learned about Krampus same way from Epcot and like Maelstrom and all the Ep- yeah. like all the great things. But we also in Jersey have had the run of the like where they have a Krampus celebration in in Esbury Park for years now. So Krampus has always been on my radar. I'm just glad he's finally getting his due diligence. And I think you're right, Matt. It is such as geek culture though, right? We drive things into the ground, and then there's two types of geeks at that point in my eyes. There's those of us who just embrace the fact that we could readily get stuff of all the stuff we love like i'm always here for more star wars shit more well, i am that dork you know and like well no but that's the thing it's like you can't complain too much because like if, right because you love like it. well because like when when i anytime that i find myself like bitching about like a new marvel movie or whatever i also remind myself that like seven-year-old me would never believe that there would be a world where they, they are like trying to produce a secret wars tv series no, I like, agree. Like, like I, it's like, I, oh God, like how right? how did this happen? Because this is what got me beat up in school. So like, it, same, same. like, it's like, here's suddenly everybody's cool with it. And like, all right, cool. Like, because for a long time, it was, it was very easy, very easily. There was another timeline where all we ever had was X-Men and Spider-Man movies. But no. I'm, I'm not gonna, I think it's our, uh, our, like really where our hate comes from. Cause I've had this thought to myself is the fact that we were born in the wrong time because you're right. I used to get like shoved in the ground, especially as a girl. Like really, yeah. it didn't make me, it didn't make me get any. It didn't make me cool. It just made me even weirder to be the girl who loves uh, comic books. So like when they would knock me over and push me in the dirt, you're right. Cause then that little girl now is like, yeah all the y'all because like i get the marvel movies i get star wars i get all this crap that we never would have dreamed of in our wildest nerd days and i think sometimes we secretly resent kids today because geek is cool now geek is so awesome now and And they don't have the geek we had you can tell how invested people were in comic books before or after the movie if they consider iron man an a or b hero because like anybody who was reading comic books, he was a B comic book character. He was absolutely 100%. 100%. But, like, but now he's an A comic book character. I brag but... about how I never read him. I was too yeah. cool to read. But it was, like, I don't think people understand that like making an Iron Man movie was like the first in a long line of risky Marvel movies. Um, the next yeah. movie that we watched. Yeah, I was say, we've done yeah, a very, very yeah. good <laughs> job avoiding talking about Better Watch Out, but we have to- Let's wrap up on Matt Hates Krampus. Yeah. To, <laughs> to, to I hate this hates... fucking kid. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I am gonna put, for 2016's Better Watch Out, I'm gonna uh, put my down the gauntlet that I actually really like this movie. I do. I, I really enjoy it. I think it has a lot of fun twists the first time you watch it. I think it really calls to the shittiness of sociopathic little shits who are going to grow up to be serial killers. Um, I think it deals with affluenza beautifully. Um, I like how much you all hate it. I do. It yeah. makes me like the movie more. But anyway, that's so I'm going to say I'm here for this movie so, and the little shit in it. <laughs> so I was like, my knowledge of this movie was when it came out, everyone telling me how much I was going to love it. And that it was like, it's like a horror home alone. I was like, okay, that sounds fun. And that's like how it was sold to me. So I'm like watching it and I'm like, you know, the first like 20 minutes, I'm like, ooh, I could see how this could turn into a really cool like horror home alone. So like, I'm getting like all excited, like imagining like all the ways that it could go. Cause it was like that earlier conversation about them talking about the logistics of some of the scenes in home alone. And I was like, ooh boy, howdy, this is going to be amazing. And then the twist happened. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting twist. And then it kept happening. And I was like, 
I, I don't like how this makes me feel. And then he's like forcing his friend to feel up the tied up babysitter. And I was like, I really feel uncomfortable, like actually watching this movie at this point. And then it like, it just got so like, it just kept going in. It was going more in a direction of things I didn't want to see than a direction of things I did want to see. And then towards the end, I was just like, this is just so fucking bleak. Even though it has like, yeah. A, a happy ending yeah i guess it just at that point it was like i've just seen still in your face i know you're laughing. just laughing laughing at my like, facial yeah. expressions <laughs> at the yeah. happy ending portion i mean my so i have a lot to say about this movie um the first thing i'll say is the reason i dislike this movie so much it was actually brought to my attention more recently about a year ago when i saw three from hell in theaters um i know people have their own take on rob zombies trilogy but i really like the devil's rejects i like the way that movie ends i like mm-hmm. the way it goes out Same. and three from hell started and wasn't a huge fan of how he brought them back where he's like you know what they just survived fuck it yeah um but i thought if the movie continued in that 70s documentary aesthetic yes. Did we already that, have this conversation? We did have this conversation. I was going to say, I feel we like did. we definitely that, talked about like this if before. that whole movie was just a fake true crime documentary about the exploits of the Devil's Rejects after the fact, yeah. I'd be like, this is the best, the best sequel I've ever watched in my entire life. So that movie keeps going, and it is beat for beat Devil's Rejects over again. I mean, they go into the family's house, they they kill them all. Then they go down to Mexico and a phone call happens and you're like, it's Danny Trejo's brother who runs this Mexican gang. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh shit. Like it is on for them. Game over. Like they're going to come down and fuck this whole crew up. Like the Firefly family is finally going to get theirs. Because as much as you like enjoy their exploits, you're still like, these are horrible characters. And you know what happens when they come across the Mexican gang? three people take out about 20 or 30 people and the movie just ends with them getting away with everything and now i understand that this movie ends with her not being dead and and keeping herself alive but you know what give me that extra little bit of her being like nah fuck that little kid this is what he did go up there and get him. And you know what? I think that would have turned me completely around on this movie. Well, and I, so, so I know a lot of people hate it, both of these movies, but I think the other problem with when I watch better, better watch out is I always want to say better off dead when I watch better watch <laughs> I'd out. I'd rather watch better off dead. Yeah. Whenever I watch better watch out is I'm like, yeah, the baby's Babysitter was like this, but it was fun. Who hated <laughs> like, the babysitter? I love the babysitter. I know people who fucking hate the babysitter, but really? like really, the I babysitter seen the sequel, but I like the original. Yeah, like I, I was like, like I just yeah, yeah, I just wanted it to be fun, and it and it never really was fun. Well, even <laughs> what I was be- watching. even the beginning of this movie where they're like the creepiness with the kid, and I'm just like, yeah. no, as soon as that kid gets that creepy, you call someone. Like it is twenty. What this movie came out in twenty sixteen. That kid got real like feel up, yeah. creepy, drinking. Like I mean, yeah. th- I don't know. I don't. I don't know. And it's. It, I don't know. I was not cool with it. But. Yeah. Uh, this this movie was this movie was pretty terrible. So a couple things about me that you don't know is I I I don't usually figure out 
twists in movies. Like when I watch a movie, I generally just kind of watch it. I'm never really thinking, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. Was your and problem with it, this one that you watched the trailer? Because the trailer no, I've never seen the trailer. Away as well. I didn't see the trailer, <laughs> but I, 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 I somewhat kind of called it because my very first note is boy this kid is creepy and it turns out he's you know kind yeah. of a, a he's a, he's not kind of he's a hundred percent like a rapey creeper um creepy. the other thing is so i have never seen the babadook from start to finish because i got halfway through Yo, and fuck the that kid, kid in babadook <laughs> made me want to hurt myself like i did so i was like fuck it i'm gonna turn it off now that's a testament to the actors of the movie but yeah. i could also full disclosure I don't like children. I don't like children in real life. I don't like children in movies. Like I'm not a fan. So Ooh, this movie- Marissa's kids just barely get a pass through. She's so this movie, shit, she spoils the shit out of me. I do, I love her children. Uh, but no, this movie, like it was like, I, I have to watch an obnoxious teenager be obnoxious for an hour and 30 minutes. And it really, really like crumbled my spine every time he opened his mouth. Like it was, and again, testament to really good acting, I guess. But yeah, it's just like, I just, I couldn't, like I in real life, I have no problem. If a 12, 13 year old acted like that in front of me, zero problem cleaning his clock. Well, the but difference I, between this, slap. this and the Babadook is like, the Babadook was like a commentary on parenting and, on and yeah, yeah exactly. And you know. The thing is, is all this kid's like sociopathic behavior, I would have been okay with if someone just cut his fucking head off at the end. Yeah. If anything happened to this kid at the end, I would be okay. Okay, but well, here's here's my pitch though. It's perfect that the worst, the best we get, and I don't even think they should have given us this. I think the real ballsy ending would have been him getting away with it because to me, it's such a fucking statement on white male privilege in America. Like, at least she gets the this at the end. You know what I mean? She's gonna fuck him over. He's donezo. Like, okay, the parents at the beginning are hilarious. I'm sorry. I was gonna say, I want a spinoff with Virginia Madsen and Patrick Warburg. I want a spinoff. And like, the, at one point when he's like freaking out about the carpet like there's just so many moments dude i can't believe you guys didn't love the home alone gag i thought it was fucking hilarious like I'm so, so hold on hold on because i think we finally reached the the point of the night in this segment where matt and i define ourselves as straight white males yeah um, <laughs> yeah so for speaking as a straight white male <laughs> tell me more no please. as you know my opinion is very important <laughs> It holds more weight than anyone else on the screen. <laughs> like, I just, like Matt said earlier, I'm, and even being younger, I'm getting to an age where the movies I want to watch, especially around this time of year, specifically this time of year, like, it's not like, I'm like, oh, I just need popcorn movies that make me feel good all the time. But like right now, yeah, I don't I feel like I'd be. That. I feel Fair. like in a weird way, I'd be more okay with this movie if it wasn't a Chris, if it wasn't like- Yeah, I would movie. agree. Like if this was just like babysitter, babysitting a kid on Halloween night and like you're setting it up like it's going to be a Michael Myers movie. And then it's like, no, Michael Myers is in the fucking house and he's an eight year old. Yeah. I feel like I'd almost be like weirdly more forgiving, but because it's a Christmas hard movie, I'm going in with like feel good intentions. Yeah. If I could uh, put yeah. my if I could put my furry jacket on for a moment and my little <laughs> I'm gonna get my little pipe that's really like bubbles in it. If I may be so bold, maybe what you what the discomfort is is that this is 
just a fucked up manifestation of the reality of our world today and we don't want to fucking see it and i get that i don't want to see it i hate yeah. this kid as much as everybody else i actually love the, the friend because he's from alex and no, the Bur- i want no, no good day but yes, I want to I get, get into that because like listen i and i'm sure all of us can i'm not i don't feel like i'm the only one that experienced this but i was in that when i was that kid's age I was Mr. Do whatever it takes to fit in with a group of people because you didn't have any real true friends. And there would have been so many points where I was jumping off at this point. Who, the, the friend kid? The friend, the friend oh, yeah. I wouldn't have jumped off. A psychopath could have well manipulated my shit when I was 13. And I don't at least know. I own that. <laughs> so like, so like, I mean, I, I've written about this before, but like the, the most shameful thing that I'll ever remember was hanging out with a kid in elementary school and I was just excited that a person wanted to hang out with me because no one had ever asked me to hang out with them. And when I went over there, I brought over all of my Dick Tracy toys to show off. And he convinced me to throw the toys at him while he swung a baseball bat and shattered them into pieces. No. And I was like, so bone, like spineless. I was like, okay, yeah, this will be fun. And like the look on my dad's face when he saw that I had destroyed every toy that he like saved up money to buy like rocked me to my core and i remember from that point on that was like the defining moment in my life where i stopped trying to make people find value in me like like i'm trying to think how to word that i stopped i stopped trying to earn people's love and be like you either love who i am or i don't give a fuck and like but but not everybody's lucky enough to have that moment yeah Yeah. it was at that moment you realized i'm not gonna smoke weed in this house and then have this kid convince me to murder people yeah like i just (laughs) like there was just like a certain i'd be like all right (laughs) like there's i don't know i am and again maybe i'm just putting it through like you know the lens of me but it's like there's there's nothing like my dad's turning into like crazy gun nut lately where he's just like buying guns every other week i mean there's gonna be civil war in three weeks so it's probably wise (laughs) but but he keeps like he's like you gotta learn how to shoot these i'm like i really don't i really don't want to (laughs) know like until you need to know matt kelly okay all right all right let me like correct my stance on this because i think it's being misinterpreted i don't think this is a bad movie I don't like this movie. Yeah, hmm. I think that that's fair. I, I yeah. don't think, I, I can't sit there and say that it is like, because like, I mean, I was just talking about elves. I was praising elves. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I mean, like, and Marissa, you brought this up. You, both of us are teachers. I see this kid in my classroom all the time. Me too. I've seen this act Me in too. my classroom Me all too. the time. When I go home and want to watch a movie, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I see this stuff. Listen, that's like, fair. like, I was I was one of the people that jumped on like the TikTok bandwagon when we went into quarantine. I look at the comment section. I see these kids yeah. and it disturbs me. me so too. like when I'm going to to watch what I'm going to think of as a Christmas horror movie and I knew what I was getting into. I wa- I did watch this movie when it first came out. But putting it on uh yesterday and being like I'm going to have to do this again. There were there were moments that I enjoyed. I love Billy from Stranger Things. I love I love him yeah. just popping up. Um, yes. I don't dislike the Home Alone part. I hate that the kids like, dude. Well, well I want to do it one more time. Let me do it again. And the friend's not like, bruh, fucking stop. Like, yeah. get, goes no, out there and does move something. Move the chair. 
Yeah, move, move the, the chair, chair two inches to the yeah. left, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, that's all you need to do. Oh, my God. You guys, like, I had so much empathy for Alex. Like, I really did. I don't know. No, maybe I, it's because no. I pictured Alex the whole time from yeah. terrible. Alex, <laughs> Alex pretended to break into the house with a shotgun. I do I not know. feel bad for yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I did let, like. This I, is I, why I, my kids walk all over me. My students, I'm always like, all right. But I did. I mean, I did <laughs> like. Shotgun away. <laughs> I was, I probably, honestly, this is terrible, but I felt the most sadness when Alex got killed. I don't even think that's his character's name, but I was. Uh, that's what we're calling this. him, yeah. <laughs> but, but when Alex got killed, I was like, oh, that really bums me out. Because, like, I, I wanted Alex to be redeemed. Because yeah. he, he kept almost doing it. I know. <laughs> like, he, was, he was untying her at the end. Well, that's yeah. the, if there was a full-blown like redemption and he saves the day i'm into it but at the same yeah. time like yeah he went out like a he... bitch if yes! he like jumped in front of a bullet or something i'd be like, like hell yeah he went out it's exactly like... how he should have though it was true to his character he went like, out, like i mean he there he's like i didn't think we'd go this far you like pretended to break into the house with a shotgun how did you think this was gonna end you guys were never the Gretchen Wieners of your friend group, and it shows right now. That's all oh. I'm gonna say. Oh, you, Marissa, wait, what wait, does wait, that mean? Don't say, don't say, Marissa, please explain you your reference. You <laughs> yeah, are you are you 100%. trying to say? Wait, are you trying to say that um, we never put uh, roommates on a poop trial before? Because if that's the case, yeah, that's true. None of us ever did that. You sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you hold one poop end to trial and you never let it down your whole life. I I know little me and I know tween me and I know how pained I was for friends. Matt, I was uh, you in another space and time. I know friends. I know. So when people did want to hang out with me, usually it was to take advantage of me and do stupid shit. And I was always here for it because I was, and I'm not saying that I, I think this is an absolutely to the extreme. And I'm hoping that little, even 13 year old me would have been like, oh, I don't know guys. But at the end of the day, <laughs> like at the end of the day, yeah, like, I hang you, out with teenagers all day. I know how fucking stupid and like easily manipulated they are. So, like, like Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put my privilege out there right now. Was I popular in middle school? Because I don't have any of these experiences that you guys. No, I'm dead serious. Yeah. I have never thought that I was a popular kid, but like I've always had plenty of friends. I never like but yearned I also for discovered more. like ICP and Juggalo culture at 11, <laughs> so I was like full blown listening to music. That was like. Fuck all y'all. I don't so, give a shit. So my... like, was I, is it popular or do I just but not I also, give a fuck? Like, I, I do parents. I blame yeah. it on the parents. Like my parents like would not allow me to be manipulated like Alex was. I guess that's what we are calling yeah. him. Yeah. I, I mean, to, to answer your question, Jackie, in that sense, like for me, when I think about it, it was like, I just picked the wrong things at the wrong times in my life. So like I got really into punk rock and ska music in elementary school before any punk rock or ska music was popular. So like that wasn't winning me any points. And also I was like really into Weird Al, like really into Weird Al. Like, <laughs> like, like to the point. Like, Do you remember Safety like, Patrol? Like you were into like Safety Patrol? Yes, I Al? saw the movies. I made it a point to watch the premiere of Safety Patrol because it was advertised in Entertainment Weekly as featuring a Weird Al Yankovic cameo. It was in like and five was like, minutes at the end. He was in, yeah, no, I watched it. So like, I was really into like Weird Al. I was really Nothing into- Nothing wrong with caring about Law and Order when you're in the seventh <laughs> yeah. grade, all right? But, but then, yeah, I was, a, I was a safety in elementary school. Dude, me but too. Then, but then like middle school rolls around 
And what happens? I get into like religion and Jesus real hardcore. So then all of middle school, I'm like walking around as this judgy ass little zealot <laughs> for, for three You're years. For that stage and, of your life. <laughs> and then, and then as I like started to get out of like being judgy and being like, you know, I still was like religious, but I was like way more open-minded to stuff. Then I became like the kid who was into really fucked up horror and like obsessed with film mm-hmm. and spent all of his time either on the stage crew or in the video department at the school and not so I never ate in the school the lunchroom cafeteria once my entire four years of high school because I could eat in the uh, TV studio so I would just sit by myself and watch TV in the TV studio and eat some like fucking chicken nuggets that I bought real quick and then you saw me in college like I just made bad decisions every time <laughs> I was but, just weird and socially awkward. Like, I'm not yeah. even going to pretend it was haphazard. Like, I still am a dork. The only difference is, like, I found my tribe. So all well, of you guys don't well, judge. That's that's I mean, thing. really, just, like, all... I mean, at the, the flip side of that is, like, who I am now is just, like, a combination of all of those different eras of Matt Kelly now and just, like, one fucked up, like, Power Ranger take, Megazord like, body. But like, You should take a week each month to be each of those people. That's how I would like you to move yeah. forward from now Okay, on. I think so, that's like, fair. So, like, week one is ska punk you. Week two is crazy zealot you you know like i'd like to just see them all manifest i mean you do see them every single day now they're just they're just melded none of those stages you described like make me think that you would have been convinced to help this kid kidnap and kill no never not (laughs) once and uh and her i don't know crazy zealot time you could have maybe they were doing they were doing drugs dylan and they may have had pre premarital sex so they were already destined to hell. I was trying to save a soul at that point. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking about, and I'm getting like random thoughts of this movie. Can we talk about the pencil and the, not the pencil in the cheek, but the pencil and the sleepwalking bit? Oh yeah. Oh, because the mom's like, well, let's put this pencil here. And that way we know if he's sleepwalking. So like he's sleepwalking and he's remembering to shut his door. And he's like, like, I'm like, I used to sleepwalk. <laughs> like I, there's evidence there's more evidence of sleepwalking than this pencil's pencil. falling off <laughs> yeah. well i mean you're telling me that kid never has to get up to pee in the middle of the night like yeah. that's better your entire thing as well I'm, i mean i feel like i have had to get up to pee every single night of my life since i turned five years old i don't think there's been one uninterrupted night of sleep in my entire life i think you need to Matt, see Matt, a you, doctor Matt, you gotta go potty before bed <laughs> Matt, you have to go say, potty before bed. No more, no more, yeah. no more hot milky boo okay. <laughs> before bed, Matt Kelly. No. I've got my full, Kermit mug say, filled full, with hot tea. Fuller drank a full can of Pepsi. Okay, yeah. like no, you got to go potty before bed, Matt. That's that'll help. At least us. it's not happening in the bed. Like I'm at that least having, I'm having the awareness to be like, I need to wake up from this dream and go do this thing real quick. And then I'll return to this dream. <laughs> but I would have preferred that ending because there's a, there a bit towards the end of the movie where he's trying to get the pencil back on the doorknob. And <laughs> I would have loved if the parents came in and that's what fucking thwarted this kid yeah. was oh, not being able to get the pencil. pencil. Like that he was so awesome. smart with everything else. Well, because like, honestly, the flip side of that is that it is like the lowest stakes thing I've ever seen in my life is watching for three minutes as this kid tries to figure out how to balance the pencil on the yeah. doorknob. Like, I'm like... I'm like, I'm so uninvested in the stakes that are being but presented to me right what, now. What pissed me off was this kid is taking every precaution premeditated to clean and sanitize and put the fingerprints on this and that and the whole nine. And then the whole fucking pencil bit happens and 
he has the whole house perfect. And if anybody really looked out of those windows, there was snow all over the roof. They would have seen footprints, footprints and shit yeah. all over the roof. And his whole entire plan would have been thwarted. Yeah, he he left more evidence trying to hide the least memorable piece of evidence. Yeah. <laughs> Dumbass. Now, Fucking so here's dumbass kid. He, he, here's my next question: Does she constitute a final girl? She barely did anything at the end. I will say I, that did upset me. No, I Come so on, girl, like so. So I will see. I kind of disagree in the sense of like she's put in. She put in more. Okay, so in the term of classic final girls, I think she put in more fight than most of like the classic '70s and early '80s final girls because like shit a lot of them just kind of run away and then you know at the zero hour throw a machete and call it a day laurie strode just got lucky yeah laurie strode got lucky she just got lucky and she had help nancy is like the one that actually like is a fighter and a strategist yeah but but like but then you have like the modern day stuff where it's like yeah like her compared to the girl from like your next yeah she didn't do shit the girl from your next (laughs) is like insane martial artists like like an expert in hand-to-hand combat i mean my thing with this this girl is like at one point she She doesn't give up she (laughs) needs the kid right in the dick like i mean and the kid just drops but i'm also like you couldn't have done that like two seconds ago when you were untied like when you when you like didn't have your arm fucking tied down at this point like you waited till now like there were multiple instances where i'm like you're telling me this girl can't take this like this kid that she's like two feet taller than like i mean (laughs) the part one part that made me laugh and again there's a lot of parts of this movie that make me laugh which is to me why i forgive how i want to kill him the entire time because for the record i do have like three notes in my notes about how much i hate him but um was when the boy the first boyfriend comes and he like overpowers him he's like "Ah!" and he goes to run away i just feel like there are moments where he's such a 13 year old that it makes me giggle also who gets a sitter for a 13 year old dude that's the first problem i'm gonna say here yeah i mean that's kind of weird i feel like 13 was like when you're allowed to just stay home alone with your friend at that point yeah Yeah, agreed but um yeah that's a strong ass 13 year old though because he's (laughs) like hey and like smacks her open-handedly and she Uh, drops like a ton of bricks and he gave gave her the old what did the five fingers say to the face oh my (laughs) god no i'm gonna i'm gonna say that i agree with for the most part i agree with the um what's the word i'm looking for the I guess the idea of the final girl only because like she never wavered in her conviction. You know what I mean? Like at one point he had a gun to her and he's like, call your ex-boyfriend. And she's like, no. And he's like, call him. Gun to her chest, like the whole nine. So I kind of want to give her the, maybe not the full title, but like she gets a little bit of a, she gets the credit because she never wavered with him. She knew what I do like, if I'm going to give compliments to this movie, I do like the fact that our heroine is smart enough to know that she cannot die yet until he has all of the chips on the chessboard, like all the pieces on the chessboard. So like she uses that to like not be as manipulated by him as I think he constantly was expecting her to be manipulated by it. Cause it's like, she gets it. Like he has to get certain people in certain places for whatever he's trying to construct to happen. Otherwise he's just the guilty as fuck kid that shot his babies. <laughs> and I think that's what keeps popping into my head. And as, as I was like, 
again, these are young adults talking about the older young adults all being manipulated by a child, like a, like yeah. a, a child that even when he speaks comes across as a child. Yeah. Like he is a snot nosed brat. Yeah, it's, it almost feels like it would have made more, did anyone ever see that? It was kind of a piece of shit, but that movie, The Prophecy, that came out like a year and a half ago, where yeah. the, it's bad. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but the premise wow. was that a baby was born at the exact same time that a famed serial killer and cultist was murdered, so that he was reborn as this child. So like, the child at sometimes was a kid and at other times like had the mind of a 30 year old like serial killer type thing but it's like it almost feels like it would make more sense if it was like a weird fucked up split personality thing than like this kid is both equally a dumb 13 year old but simultaneously a super genius who has a perfectly executed executable plan like yeah i feel like you gotta like go all in on one or the other like i'd much rather it be like he's like this crazy smart like valedictorian of his school and is like doesn't have any friends because he's wise beyond his years type thing then like bouncing back and forth by reminding us that he's just a normal snot-nosed 13 year old kid also but that i mean that's what like conduct disorder is it's like a budding sociopath who is seeming can really trick the fuck out of everybody and be very normative but on the flip side you know be a fucking complete lunatic right but I, I mean, at the know. same time, good. shouldn't that also be like towards the audience? Shouldn't we be believing that he can do this? Because I'm sitting there watching like, there yeah. ain't no motherfucking way. Like, <laughs> like, like, and I get it. Because again, like you, I'm like, oh, maybe you did forget to turn that in. Like, but at the same exactly. Yeah, I've seen a dog eat things before. Bro, for real? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, there is a certain level of suspension of disbelief. I, I, that's fair. Um, no, I could also like look a lot like that kid Freddie from iCarly to anybody else. I was gonna say. So, hundred percent. So, so here's here's the the reality is that I actually watched this on a whim before I knew that I was going to be on this podcast, and like, then you guys messaged me like literally a week later, and we're like, hey, we want you on the show. We're going to talk about better, better watch out. And I was like, well, I know what I'm not going to watch a second time <laughs> this year. Uh, so I'm playing off of a month old memory, but. My memory version is that this kid looked like the big bad at the end of Little Monsters. Uh, just the snot-nosed kid in the prep school suit, just okay. like walking around. But uh, I don't think that that's the reality. I think I'm just imagining yeah, I him like I need that. a refresher on that one. <laughs> or, or even uh, whatever the kid is in Umbrella Academy. I just imagined him like in a schoolboy's uniform, just like obnoxious child in a schoolboy's uniform. <laughs> I think his name is, the. if you're Googling it, just search... Little Monsters, 1989, The Boy. Sadly, I know exactly what you're talking about, and yeah. he really freaks me out. That used to really scare me when I was oh, a kid. Yeah. Oh, Little Monsters is a terrifying children's movie. I mean, I love yes. the movie, but The Boy really freaked me out. Oh, see, that movie, like, uh, I mean, I talked about it during the the Halloween live stream that we did a, like a month and a half ago, but um, the scene where they rip off the one kid's head and throw it in a basket and replace it Terrifying. with a doll's head. Uh, I Matt Kelly didn't see the rest of that movie for about 15 <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, 
we can actually, <laughs> yeah. I think we can trace my doll discomfort all the way back to that movie. Yeah. Um, oh, we can that's... trace my hatred for claymation back to Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, yeah. that's <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, so like, and that's like the funniest thing for me is like, I say that jokingly, but it's the reality is like all of the movies when like, when people talk about like scenes that scared them as kids, the easiest way for me to think about it is like what movies did I not finish for like a decade? Yeah. Because like I was one of those kids where it was just like, nope. Like, like there was no like, okay, that scared me, but I'm gonna push through. It was like, nope, too scary. TV's off. Like, I didn't see the last five minutes of Who Framed Roger Rabbit for literally a good like yeah. because those eyeballs know. fell out of his face and I was I like a bullet <laughs> out of a gun. My cousins mocked me for years because we were watching it as a family. And I just like screamed and ran out of the room. And Dude, they just finished the movie. Beetlejuice did that to me too. The it's things with eyeballs popping out yeah. like got me as a kid. Uh, ET, sure. but not for anything huh. scary. It's because I thought ET died, and I was hysterically sad. And then I didn't finish it, and then I didn't watch it for years. I literally didn't watch ET for probably fifteen years because I was like, why do I want to watch a movie where he dies at the end? You I went really fifteen died. years thinking ET died. I really thought he died the whole time. And then when the special edition, like whatever twenty fifth anniversary came out, I was like, you know what? I'm a grown up, and I'm gonna watch it. And I cried hysterically. And then I was like, wait, wait, wait. It's like I don't remember those walkie talkies. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I just realized something. Does so I'm I'm assuming when you say that you thought ET died, you mean like when he's like kind of just looked like a dried up dog turd? Yeah, like when they're <laughs> and in he's the like tent sick and he's all and he's white. Like, so were you Ashy. ever so were you ever curious about why the logo was a kid on a bicycle of flying past the moon? Because that well, definitely no, happens it was after so that. So long ago that I that, seen it, like that's, I assume that that's that the boy pedaling ET to his grave. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Never even the burial on me. site. <laughs> like, been, we gotta get in there quick. He's already so decomposing. Long. It had been so long since I'd seen it. I guess I just assumed that that was a part of the movie earlier. Because yeah, I legit that's... was like, no, he's dead, and that's not cool. And I'm like, oh I'm not. I'm the kind of person that's like, I'm not wow. gonna watch. Uh, there's plenty of Pixar movies that I'll never yeah. watch because I don't want to watch a movie and be sad on purpose. Oh my god! So yeah. that was my mentality of like, I'm not gonna watch ET because I'm not gonna be sad on purpose. I... And see, that's the weird thing is as much as I'm talking about how I don't like these nihilistic endings, I will watch a movie with the intentions of crying all day, every day. I'll be like, ooh, <laughs> let me get the box of tissues. It's time. Let's put on Coco. <laughs> Haven't I, had a good cry in a while. Dude, I, kick, yeah, no, off, I'm not one of those people. I kick off my Halloween celebration every year now with I watch Coco first, get the tears out, and then I enjoy like the normal horror movies. Um, the only, the other, the big one for me, it was like, it had to have been two decades before I had seen all of the witches because the witches reveal <laughs> fucked terrifying. me up so bad. Yeah. I was like five and I was in college when I finally saw what happened after that scene in the movie because I was so checked out by it. Uh, it's terrifying, yeah, well, even to this day. While I watched it all the way through, I have to admit that when I was a little kid, I was afraid of, um, oh, what are those uh, lightning rods on the top of people's houses because I watched something wicked this way comes and I thought that anybody that had one of those lightning rods was like associated with Mr. Dark. So I was I like, I that. legit would like look at people <laughs> and be like, fuck this house. I, I mean, any anytime I saw a house that had like a satellite dish, I just assumed that the parents got sucked into their television on a regular basis. So like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, oh man. All right, y'all. Anything else about this movie? I, I personally don't, I personally liked it. I thought it was funny and, uh, I thought it was cool that she flips him off at the end, but um, 
I can understand your hate. I think a lot of people agree with you guys too. I'm curious I, to see what the general consensus is. I mean, my my final thoughts for these for both of these are like they are really well made movies. They're just well made movies that neither one I would like actively seek out. But That's I also fair. I I think Better Watch Out is the one that like if I showed up at a gathering and they were watching it, I would like actively find something else to do besides watch it mm-hmm. versus like Christmas Horror you... Story. I would like pull myself, I would I'd find a seat on the couch and enjoy it with the crowd. Like, you know, you could always just pop in pink flamingos on other DVD players. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you get bored. So yeah. it's a good, I hear you know, that really gets the latest. You guys want to watch that piece of shit? Yeah. Come watch this piece yeah. of shit. Hey, you're going to watch that piece of shit. How about you watch someone eat a piece of shit? Go and streaking. My final thoughts are starting with better watch out. I said it a little earlier. Um, it's not a bad movie. It, I, I think it's worth watching at least once. Um, but it's, it's not something I'll ever add to my rotation. Um, a Christmas Horror Story. I had a lot of fun, even though it is the endings to all of these stories are pretty dark. But I still enjoyed it, and I could see myself sitting down and going, "Oh, if it wasn't already on Shutter, if it got removed, and then like a couple years down the road it got added back, I'm like, oh, a Christmas Horror Story. I haven't seen this in a while. I'll pop it on. I'd rewatch a Christmas Horror Story. Um, better watch out. Eh, I, I recommend it, but it's not something that." I'm going to watch. It doesn't make me feel good. And that's what I want in my Christmas. Maybe I'm a stone cold bitch because I was just like, (laughs) I felt felt so like literally the first thing I did when this movie was over was I was like, all right, let me put on Disney plus and like put on like something that's just going to make me feel like joy in my body. Cause I just felt like all of the happy, it was, it was like yeah i wasn't to that point like i really now don't get me wrong i like it pissed me off that yeah this movie didn't depress me or make me upset it pissed me off oh i'm like i wanted that fucking kid yeah it just i just felt like it sucked my joy out i was like i just feel so joyless right now (laughs) wow fair enough um no fair enough that's that's okay yeah um well thank you though you guys for for tuning in and for enduring these films with us i will admit they're not you're right like looking at like the the canon these probably wouldn't be in high rotation for me i'm with you on that on dylan i would definitely watch um a christmas horror story if it came up but i don't know that i'd go out of my way to watch better watch out ever but like i said like black christmas like the original black christmas like that is a yearly watch for me if and that, that is a soul sucking movie. Now the problem with Black Christmas is I always have to put it on right before bed because it is the equivalent of taking two melatonin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I know. That Everybody loves Black that Christmas. Is fair. Um, I appreciate what it did for the slasher genre and the horror genre, but it is never a movie that I'm going to be like, yeah, I can't wait to sit down yeah. and watch this. It's, I'm energized. That, like that one and Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Five, The Toy Maker are like the, and I guess Gremlins. I don't even barely count gremlins are like the only like christmas horror movies that i make it a point to watch every single year and then like the rest it's like maybe i'll throw in like one or two other ones but like when it when it's like past thanksgiving i need like black and white jimmy stewart finding about the true joys of life and like getting a second win like that's that's the mood I need to be in for that last push to the end of the year. <laughs> Let's see, now, now I feel like I need to give mine. I mean, <laughs> Gremlins is on there, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think Gremlins is so fun and like yeah. outside of just like a horror Christmas movie that I like barely even 
think about ranking it amongst horror Christmas movies because it's Krampus just- is on there for me. Yeah. I, I honestly I do I do like a double feature usually on Halloween night. I'll watch Trick or Treat and then I'll watch Krampus. Like That's I'll do them back to back because it's like the transition to the to the new season. Um, Black we I again you you know I want to talk about Black Xmas because I keep bringing it, <laughs> bringing yeah. it up like that's that is probably my number one for me. Um, again, that's not a feel good movie, but it really just goes there. Like it goes to the extreme where I'm like, this doesn't make me feel bad because there's no fucking way this could ever like <laughs> actually be a thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with you, I'm Matt. With you. By that yeah, time, I need like, especially I'm... by this point, like mm-hmm. where we're at right now. Right. I need some feel good. Me too. Christmas classics. I'm also like at this point, I'm stressed out about like, I was just looking at my list. Cause like every year I'm a dork and I make a list of all the Christmas movies I have to hit. And there's only like two or three horror ones on there. And then now I'm like doubling up. Cause I'm like, Oh man, I still didn't get to bad Santa, but I still haven't watched the sound of music. And I still like, so now yeah. I like have to double down on all the uh, goofy Christmas movies that I love this time See, of year. So. My, my, my first world problem <laughs> is that I'm down to like the last like 12 on my list that I'm I need to get 12, through. Yeah. But like Netflix keeps dropping new ones and I'm like, well, I'm certainly not going to watch these on December 26th. So I got to make sure I find time for those as well. That is the perfect segue. Uh, <laughs> if you guys want to take a couple minutes <laughs> yeah. and really talk about Christmas 365, give us the whole kit and caboodle on it, where we can find it and, and what the concept is and what we can look forward to <laughs> after uh, the end of December. So, yeah. so the origins of Christmas 365 were actually me leaving my brother's wedding. Um, I was driving home from my brother's wedding and I was listening to the Gilmore Guys podcast. And I thought to myself, man, this podcast is so funny, but it is also so wholesome and so positive and like, but vulgar. Like it was like all, it was such a weird combination. And I thought, man, I will never be able to do a podcast like this. Um, And then like, as I was driving and I was like thinking about like what other things are just as like overly wholesome as Gilmore Girls is. And it dawned on me, oh, Christmas. Christmas is like all of the things that they talk about why they love Gilmore Girls are all of the reasons why I love Christmas. And literally I like pulled over to fill my gas tank on the drive home and called Dylan and was like, hey, I have this idea. You are the most Christmassy motherfucker I've ever <laughs> met in my entire life. Do you want to talk about Christmas on a weekly basis for years? And oh, you were like, dude. yes. 100%. <laughs> yeah, 100%. That getting that call was amazing. And what I like about us is like, our podcast can just talk about the things that make us happy about the season. And we bring in our guests and it's always something that means something special to them. And I don't know, I have a blast doing it. I think Matt has a blast doing it. Our guests usually have a blast doing it. And Christmas 365, if you want to keep your spirit going 365 days a year, and why would you not want to? It's the greatest time of the year. Come hang out with us. You know, guys, most people just tell us where they can find their podcasts and move on. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, the origins of Christmas 365. Listen, this is why my brother- Dylan was bitten by a Christmas spider. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you both so much for being on. This was so much fun. We adore you both and we're excited for uh, Christmas all year round. I'm I'm a big fan myself, so I'm looking forward to it. We can also catch you guys on, on other projects, right? Is there anything else we want to promote or mention or- 
I have um, too much stuff. Just go to geekscape.net. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And for me, uh, I'm a writer at icon versus icon.com. That is icon vs icon.com. And you can check out all of my and my buddy Jason's stuff over there. Ooh, I'm excited. All That's right. really awesome. And we will have all of those links uh, to find Dylan and Matt elsewhere on the internet. All of those links down below in the show notes. So check out Christmas 365. You guys are on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, all of the pod casting apps. And uh, not unlike us who are on Facebook and Instagram and all the podcasting apps, just search Jersey Ghouls on social media or your favorite podcasting app and you will find us there. Uh, so to end this epic Christmas spectacular guys. Thank you so much. Thank you to all of our guests over the last four weeks that have joined us and, and joined in the celebration of the season with us. We, we absolutely love each and every one of you. Um, and we are so, so happy to, to end 2020 this shit-tastic year uh, with some of our uh, absolutely favorite people on the planet. So thank thank you to everybody who took time to hang out with us, watch movies with us. Um, Cheers to 2021 and hopefully actually being able to see each other in person again. Uh, bye bye. Yeah, I'm going to give a big old uh, bye bye <laughs> yeah. to 2020. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. I don't even know what a partridge is, to a be honest. A partridge is a bird. I think it's a bird that doesn't fly. Like Donnie Badaducci? Um, no, it's. He's ripped. Ripped. I heard he's a little, you know, falling off the deep end, maybe. Oh, yeah. It was, well, he's gonna kick my ass now. No, I think he has that Napoleon complex. He's short. So on the on the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 